Welcome to the Betterish Podcast. I'm Angie. And I'm Malin. We can't guarantee this podcast will improve your life, but we hope it will at least make you laugh and think about being better-ish. Hey, Angie. Good morning. How are you? Hey, Malin. Happy Monday. I'm great. How are you? I'm so good. What's new with you this week? Mm. Or last week? What's new in your life, Angie? There's not much new in my life. I finally went to Costco. It had been several months, and we went just for nostalgic purposes. And, oh, I shared this on my Instagram and Facebook because while we were in the checkout stand, a man broke into song, and he sang beautifully, and he sang God Bless America. And he was an older guy with an American flag hat, and he was like, it's like he had just checked out, and he was standing on the other end of all the checkout lines, and he was just, he sounded like an opera singer, and he did a great job, and everyone at Costco clapped. It was like a very patriotic, (laughs) randomly patriotic moment. So I love Costco even more now. I saw your post, and I thought that was hilarious, and I was really happy that you got to go to Costco, because I know you live kind of far away. Yes, it was worth it. I, too, went to Costco this week. Remember the toilet paper thing? Oh, yes. I was too embarrassed to take it back, and <laughs> so I didn't. But I went to buy new good toilet paper, and on my way out, I looked up at the customer service desk, and I saw a sign that said, Satisfaction Guaranteed. So I bet they would have take, taken, it, taken, it, taken it back, but I decided against it, and I'll just store it for a rainy day, perhaps a service project, maybe a fun toilet paper craft. <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> Uh, yay for Costco. I'm glad we both had good Costco experiences this week. And today we've got a great podcast episode for you guys. Um, also first real quick, I just want to say this one is going to be specifically for stay at home moms. We're going to do another one next week specifically for working moms. So what we talk about today, I don't want working moms to think that we've forgotten about them. Uh, this, we're just splitting it up so we can give our full focus to each one. And a lot of the content will be relevant to both types of moms. So feel free to stay and listen. But I feel like on Instagram, when we've asked for content ideas or when I've been in a situation where people ask me questions, a lot of people ask, you should do one on balance. You should do one as how to manage, you know, how to not drown as a stay at home mom. Or because I work from home, people say, how do you balance it all? And So we've gotten this request so many times. So we finally decided to dive in. And I feel like we are in that unique position where we have both stayed at home as stay at home moms and as stay at home working moms and both worked outside the home. So Mm -hmm. we have a lot of a lot of good content for you today. But first of all, I feel like there are so much there's so much guilt for both types of moms. I feel like, Melinda, you shared in our jealousy episode that one of your biggest sources of insecurity are working moms. And I think that's true for mm-hmm. a lot of stay-at-home moms. Sometimes I wonder, am I am I hindering my own personal potential because I'm choosing to stay home? And I want to share this quote from Cheryl Sandberg. She's the COO of Facebook. She's also a mom. She's a working mom. And I quote her book in other episodes, and I'm going to quote it extensively in both of these podcast episodes because it's the best book ever. It's called Lean In, Women, Work, and the Will to Lead. But she has a whole chapter and talks about stay-at-home moms. And here's what she says. Being a stay-at-home parent is a wonderful and often necessary choice for many people. Not every parent needs, wants, or should be expected to work outside the home. In addition, we do not control all of the factors that influence us, including the health of our children. Plus, many people welcome the opportunity to get out of the rat race. No one should pass judgment on these highly personal decisions. I fully support any man or woman who dedicates his or her life to raising the next generation it is important and demanding and joyful work 
I love that. That's that so made true. Me feel better. Yeah. No, I think too, like um, a lot of times, like I can look at a working mom and be like, oh, I wish that I had that. And I know working moms can look at stay at home moms and be like, I wish that I could do that. But I think it's important to recognize you don't know everyone's situation. Like maybe um, a mom really wants to work, but she can't get a job that would pay for childcare, or maybe someone has to work. Like, you know, you just, you don't know people's circumstances or what they want or what their life has been like. And so it's best just whatever stage a mom is in support her and let her do her thing exactly assume she's doing the best and she doesn't owe you an excuse for why she's choosing to work or to not work and honestly this is the biggest thing i think of if you were not staying home and doing the work at home you would be paying someone else to do it so it's just because you're not getting paid doesn't mean it's not paid work Mm -hmm. so there was another story in lean in and this is something you should share with your husbands if you're a mom if you're a wife listening She says, I also feel strongly that when a mother stays at home, her time during the day should still be considered real work because it is. Raising children is at least as stressful and demanding as a paying job. It is unfair that mothers are frequently expected to work long into the night while fathers who work outside the home get the chance to relax from their day jobs. When the father is home, he should take on half the child care and housework. Also, most employed fathers interact with grown-ups all day, while mothers at home are often starved for adult conversation by evening. I know a woman who gave up a career as a lawyer to be a stay-at-home mom and always insisted that when her husband, a TV writer, got home from work, he asked her, how was your day, before he launched into an account of his own. Mm, I think that's really important to remember. I know when we did the... um what was it? No, it was a while ago on Instagram. I ask people like every once in a while, I'll be like, what were, what are some challenges that you have in your life? And I share them anonymously. And it's crazy to see what people write. Like people are dealing with a lot of stuff, but a lot of them were marriage and like parenting things like husbands not being helpful. And something that I've always admired that Mike has said to me since we had our first child was anything that I expect you to do, I should also be able to do as the father. He said, aside from nursing, he was yes. like, if I, if, if you have the kids overnight while I'm on a trip, I can have the kids overnight while you're on a trip. Like, if you make dinner, I can make dinner. Like, exactly. if, if I can take three kids to the, gro- or if you take three kids to the grocery store every day all summer long, I can do that too. Like, and I think, and I think a lot of guys, I'm, I feel really lucky in that way, but it's hard. I, I understand the struggles that people have, and it can be hard too when you've been doing this for so long that you're so burnt out, and it can be awkward to be like, hey, husband. I need help, but it's not wrong to ask for help. Your job is a full-time job. And did you see that viral thing, Angie, like years ago that was like these people were going in for a job interview and they were like, okay, this job, it's really, it's a long job. You have a lot of hours. You got to be on call 24 hours a day. You have to be like a taxi. You have to deal with really demanding clients and it went on and on. And And then at the very end, they, they were like, and then you don't get paid for it. And all yeah. the people's faces, like these people are like in real interviews and their faces just drop and they're like, that's a mother. It's like, boom, yeah, yes. that's a mom. <laughs> yes, exactly. We're going to talk more about um, and get into some more statistics that you can take if this is a situation with you. And you know what? Honestly, I was raised in a house like that. And I think it's a generation generational thing. My dad rarely changed diapers. Like that was woman's work. You know what I mean? And <laughs> I think it was just generational. I don't, I, it, that's just how it is. But we're going to talk more about how that's not an excuse and kind of how to approach it that way. Because at the end of the day, your husband should want you to be happy and fulfilled and not burdened and stressed, right? And that's what, and you want your husband, right? That's, that's a true marriage. That's love. You want each other to be happy. You want to 
bear each other's burdens and help each other. So anyway, yeah. we're going to get more into that. That's one of our tips. We're going to share a list of tips for finding balance as a stay-at-home mom. But actually, this is not even our the top of our list. The first thing that we should say is there is no such thing as balance. It doesn't <laughs> ba- exist. <laughs> balance is a myth. You cannot have it all. So also shared in the book, Lena, and Sharon Poxer, she's a professor of economics at Cornell. She explains the antiquated rhetoric of having it all disregards the basis of every economic relationship, which is the idea of trade-offs. All of us are dealing with the constrained optimization that's life, attempting to maximize our utility based on perimeters like career, kids, relationships, etc., doing our best to allocate the resource of time. Due to the scarcity of this resource, therefore, none of us can have it all. And those who claim to are most likely lying. So there, there's no such thing as balance. Anyone who says they have it all and are doing it all are lying because we all have 24 hours in the day. It's all about how you allocate your resources. So with that in mind, we're going to go into our tips. We'll call it tips for managing life, right? As a (laughs) stay at home, tips for managing life. We have a treat for you guys today. This is our very first sponsored episode. I know. I feel like we're legit podcasters now, Angie. We have a sponsor. I know. We are officially (laughs) pod stars, right? Woohoo! We'll take it. Today's podcast is sponsored by Courtney Hershey Art. And Courtney is one of my hilarious and super talented friends from college. She's a busy mom with two little kids, but over the past few years, she's flourished into a pretty rad business owner as well. Courtney spends her free time browsing thrift stores for unwanted, unloved, usually quite dated art prints. And then with a lot of talent and a little acrylic paint, she turns them into fun pop culture parody pieces that will make you do a double take. Courtney takes what was discarded and unwanted and brings it back to life, creating fun, quirky art that people will want to have in their homes again. We have several of Courtney's paintings in our home and we love them. They're so fun, nostalgic, and great conversation starters. My favorite painting is the one she did of Ursula. It's amazing. Ursula is this gigantic purple ocean beast and it's great. You guys have to go to her Etsy shop to check it out. She also has parody paintings with Star Wars stuff, Disney characters, video games, and all sorts of other cool things. She also sells really fun postcards. I actually mailed one to Angie this week. Yeah, and I'll show it to you on Instagram, but it's a great Oregon Trail flashback. It says, you've died of dysentery. Welcome to Oregon. (laughs) Courtney's taken an old thrifted river painting and added a covered wagon, Oregon Trail travelers, and oxen, of course. Go follow Courtney over on Instagram at Courtney Hershey. You can also find her on Etsy, and it's Courtney spelled with a C, and then Hershey. It's kind of unique. It's spelled H-I-E-R-S-C-H-E. Go follow her, Courtney Hershey Art. Also, before we, (laughs) I love that, Angie. Before we hop into that too, I I thought, just kidding my mind, I couldn't sleep last night. I was up all night, and I was thinking about this, and something I thought about was just, I wanted you guys to know how jealous I used to feel of Mike's career when I, my kids are all a little bit older now and they're all in school, but when I had three little tiny kids at home and Mike got to leave for work every day and I knew that he was going, like he had that car ride by himself and then he got to have lunch with his coworkers and have adult conversations and then a whole commute by himself in the car on the way home. I was so jealous every day and I was at home literally like dealing with poop and having people scream at me all day and like living in filth and not having time to shower and not shower like if I did shower I wasn't alone there was always someone like opening the curtain or like someone opening the curtain someone throwing toys in there like I remember feeling jealous and if you're in that stage of life just know that you are so not alone it's hard being a stay-at-home mom 
is so hard. But whatever stage you're going through, it won't last forever. I promise it will get easier with what you're going through. Still, you're going to, like, things will happen and a lot of more challenges will come up. But that, like, not showering thing, being yelled at by toddlers all day, changing diapers, that will end one day. I promise. Yes. All right. right. Let's jump into tips. <laughs> Angie, you want to give our first one? All right. Our first tip is to have a backup emergency helper to ease your mind. Because if you're in a pickle and you need someone to pick up your kids from school, if you have to run to the hospital, you know, you're going to have curveballs in life. So have someone on call who can watch your kids while you go deal with those type of things or who can pick up your kids. So you need to have an established person that you can rely on, your emergency contact, right? So yeah. if you haven't set that up, set that up today. Make that your you know, your go-to. Think of who you would, if you never thought about it, think of who would I call if I had to run out right now. It might You might need a few people on that list. Peace of mind is so valuable. All right, step two, you have got to make time for yourself. Being a stay-at-home mom is a full-time, non-stop job. You are on call 24 hours a day. If you don't cut out a little time for yourself every day, you're going to lose your marbles. Been there, done that so many times. Right, and I think me and my husband have this conversation all the time because he can so easily schedule like a fish half-day fishing trip with his friends, and I'm like... Ugh. Like, it's like a whole half day. And he's like, well, you, he always says, well, you can do this. I support you doing this. And I said, it's so different. Did you even consider who would watch the kids when you scheduled that? Did you ask? I mean, when I schedule these, I have to make sure you're home. You're not at work. They don't have any appointments. And, you know, he just scheduled. He doesn't think about any of that stuff. But for moms, it's there's so much more emotional baggage that goes into that. But I even think he goes out to lunch with his coworkers all the time. That's just lunch for him. But for me, that would be time for myself. You know what I mean? Right. So I would say don't stop feeling so guilty about scheduling the time with yourself. Like trust your husband to take care of, like you said, of the kids the same way you would. Schedule things like that. I think don't let that your guilt and your anxiety get in the way of scheduling lunch with friends or a half a day out shopping. You've got to do it. Your husband does it. He gets it built into his work day often with his lunch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He gets to go out to lunch with friends and talk to adults about life and real issues. And so. I think even if your husband or if you're a single mom and don't have that, I think if you can like swap with a friend or hire a babysitter, even if it's for 30 minutes. I have a friend who like once a week for an hour just hires a babysitter so she can just go to the store by herself. I'm like, I have that, a friend who does that like, too. Costs like 10 bucks. I'm like, yeah. that's great. Like, do that. Find that. Also, a little plug. I know that a lot of people, it can be hard to find a support system and babysitters that you trust. I have a friend who uses care.com like crazy. And I was like, I would never do that. That's wild. But after a while, my friends kept talking about it. And so I interviewed a bunch of babysitters on care.com and I found a couple and they're like, they've become my go-to like most trusted babysitters. Like yeah. I do that. So I have never used care.com, but you're, I have heard so many people here cause this is a, I live in a military community where a lot of people are new, don't know, don't have family and mm-hmm. care.com is huge here, but everybody swears yeah. by it. And I was, this is not a sponsored you guys like care.com is legit. I promise. Use yeah. It. It's not a bad thing. Like, I mean, be, be careful and be smart, but. And if money is tight when we were in, when my husband was in dental school and money was tight, I would find moms or I, I met mom friends through my kids who are in a similar stage of life and we would for free swap. So I, and we would do it when our kids go to bed. So we had this routine where they would put their kids down to bed. I think I got this idea from you, Melinda. We did. I did it. Yeah. That's yes. We I would, yeah. We would put, I think you shared about this on Instagram. And I think I said, my friend just shared about this on Instagram. And yeah. I said, let's just swap. And I went over and sat on their couch and like watched Netflix with my snacks while they went out and they didn't pay me. And then like the next weekend they'd come over when my kids were already asleep. So they, you like get the night off anyway. Cause you're just sitting there watching Netflix and eating their snacks 
And then they get a date for free. Well, I mean, they're going to pay yeah. for their date. But you know what I mean? I'm pretty sure I got that idea from you. That's but exactly it, that's what That's what we did. did. That's how we got through dental school is by swapping with friends. And how we both, it was mutually beneficial. I got the yeah. night off. Enrique was home with the kids while I sat on their couch. And then we went out. So anyway, that's a good way if you need to save money and need to get out. I think the key for that too was like the kids were asleep. They weren't like little babies that were going to yes. be up and like a lot of work. Like it was a full like night off for me. When I got to my friend's house, her kids were asleep and same. When she get to my house, they're asleep. You don't do anything. And we always like left little snacks for each other and like Netflix and cozy blankets and like have a fun time. We'll be back in like three or four hours. Yes. Do that. Find a friend to do that with. Yes. All right. Our third tip to managing life as a stay-at-home mom is to establish a routine. Never stop fighting to and tweaking to get into a routine. Me and my husband call it call it systems. We need a system for this. Things just run more smoothly when kids know what to expect. And there's so much research to back up that kids thrive off of routine and knowing what to expect. Um, also, so my friend Kelsey, I was just, I was talking to her about this the other day and I asked her like, what is your best advice for having balance? And she said, I think the key is to just be flexible. And as a stay-at-home mom, we have a lot more flexibility, I feel, than a working mom because we really are home a lot and we like we can eat lunch when we want we can go to the store when we want a lot of times um so just being able to be flexible and just recognizing like I said earlier this is just a short phase in your life things are going to change it might not be for a few years but it's okay to live this way for a while you don't need to have a Pinterest house you don't need to shower every day and be fully made up it's okay to have messes to have a slow pajama day like you're the mom you know what everyone needs in your family do your best yeah, and like we said, it's a myth. Anyone who looks like they're doing it all is a myth. They're sharing their highlights, so don't compare yourself to other people. Yeah. And our fourth tip is to think about life from your kid's perspective. Whenever you want to go to the store, they're expected to get up and go with you, even if they're in the middle of something. And can you imagine as an adult, as a mother, if you were constantly being pulled in a new direction with little or no notice and it's time to do this, it's time to do this, it would drive you crazy. So this is where having a routine but being flexible can be really beneficial. Imagine from their perspective how frustrating it can be to get cut off in the middle of what you're doing because you have to go. You know what I mean? So, so be flexible and empathetic towards your kids when it comes to your routines. And I think along those lines, as you're trying to set up routines and do all of the things, I saw this Facebook picture the other day, um, speaking of our kids, and it was a mom holding the hand of a little kid and that had thought bubbles for each. And the mom's thought bubble filled up the whole space behind her. And it was things like, am I on time for this? Did I remember to schedule parent-teacher conferences? What are we having for dinner? Are my kids nutritious? When is their doctor's appointment? Are they reading on time? As you know, it was all of these like thought mom thoughts. And the kid's thought bubble was just, I love my mom and the kids like looking up at the mom sweetly and I just I really needed that and I was just thinking about like my mom I didn't know all of the you know our kids don't know all the details and all the planning and all the chaos and all the routine they don't know how intentional we are about all of those things we just think our mom is so great I love my mom you know Mm -hmm. what I mean and so I think just remember that your kids don't know but they know they love you they know you're doing what's best for them just remember that look at your kids spend time like that with your kids every day and that will help you realize it's worth it all of the all of the hustle and bustle and the routines and the stress is so worth it because they know they can sense it they don't know Um, the details but they can sense it so true the next step um i wrote here frozen meals easy meals no judgment you know what it's there's not a problem if you have to serve cereal and toast angie just told me that they had pizza three nights this week (laughs) i love that yep you do whatever works best for you 
um, buy the prepackaged meals at the grocery store, get takeout, whatever you need to do to make it easy on yourself, do that. I think this tip, like, it should just be simplify. You don't mm-hmm. have to cook gourmet meals every night. Melin, you shared, I do this all the time because you shared it. Do you see how inspired I am? Melin is so inspiring. Stop you follow her on Instagram. You. No, no, no. Everyone listen. If you don't follow Melin on Instagram, her account is Galloway Estate. There's a dot, Galloway.estate. And she just shares, she just, look at all these ideas I've gotten from her, from her throughout You're life. so nice. She shared one of the greatest meal ideas, and we do this all the time. Pick up a rotisserie chicken from the grocery store, a bag of baby carrots, what, a, like, you know what I mean? Like, the most yeah. simple, you don't have to do anything, but you're hit, hit the food groups with easy prepared meals. And I think you had, like, a, we, you probably did this, a, like, a carton of raspberries or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, I always Some, have strawberries. A, a yogurt. <laughs> always strawberries and a rotisserie chicken and, like, a loaf of French bread. And you yes. can do so many things with that <laughs> my kids eat plain slices of cheese like you can get buy a package of like the pre-sliced cheese my kids just eat the cheese plain like there you go there's your protein your dairy whatever you know what i mean yeah so anyway simplify it's totally okay to simplify stop trying to put on a show just simplify love that speaking of which our next tip is to say no whenever you want if there's an obligation you agreed to, but you can't force yourself to be there, it's okay to bail out. This is your life. You get to pick what you do and where you spend your energy. And if you are drowning, you can say no. And I want to share another excerpt from Lean In. And it made me realize that a lot of us are probably setting unrealistic expectations for ourselves. And we all fall into the comparison trap of doing what it looks like the other moms are all doing. You know, it looks like, oh, their kids are so cute and look at those cute pictures and they travel and look at these meals and they're in shape. She exercises. So this is from Lean In. In 1975, stay-at-home mothers spent an average of about 11 hours a week on primary childcare. And that's defined as routine caregiving and activities that foster a child's well-being, like reading and fully focused play. Mothers employed outside the home in 1975, spent six hours doing these activities, okay? Today, stay-at-home mothers spent about 17 hours per week on primary child care on average, and mothers who work outside the home spend about 11 hours. Wow. This means that an employed mother today spends about the same amount of time on primary child care activities as a stay-at-home mom did in 1975. That's wild. You're not failing. You are setting unrealistic expectations. Your kids will be fine. Right. That baffled me. I was like, the, and that's true. If you think about your childhood, like my mom, she was a great mom. Like I have no complaints. And she was hands off. We were unsupervised riding our bikes and exploring and playing and fighting and creating. And I feel like that's part of the problem is we feel like we have to create all of these Pinterest worthy crafts and activities and everything. And you don't. Your kids will be fine. Yeah. All right, next step. Ask for help and be honest with people. You don't know anybody an explanation, but when you want to give one, be honest. I learned this a few years ago, and I kept, I was so busy. Um, we'll talk about this one more in the working mom one, but I was so busy with my job, and I just didn't have a lot of time for friends or, or extra things, and I always felt really guilty about it and felt like maybe people in my life didn't understand, like, because I was working from home, but still, like, I was very busy, and I felt like I had to, like, apologize to everyone all the time or be like, well, I have to do this today and this, this, and this, and one day Mike was like, Melan, you don't, like, owe anybody anything. Like, you can you can just be busy and just say you're busy. Like, you don't have to tell them or or feel bad about it at all, and I don't know. I, I, I mess up sometimes, and I still feel like I have to, like, over-explain myself to people, but yeah. for the most part, like, no, if I can't do something, like, I'm sorry, I can't make it and leave it at that. And if people pry, like, make them feel awkward about it. You don't have to feel awkward about it. You don't have to answer them. You don't owe anyone anything. 
but also don't feel bad about asking for help when you need it. And you can just tell people, I have a few close friends and when I was working and so busy and even as a stay at home mom, just frazzled or depressed, I could just be like, hey, I can't function today. It's too much for me to get out of the house. Like, thank you for inviting me, but I just can't. Like, just be honest with people. Yeah, they'll be understanding. All right, the next one is the big one. This is the one you need your husband to listen in on. It's to strive for equality with your husband. This is our eighth tip, by the way. This is a long list. One of our biggest sources of stress and burden is inequality. And I'm going to give you some stats to back this up. This is also, all of this is from Lean In again. Um, She says, the U.S. Census Bureau considers mothers the, quote, designated parent, even when both parents are present in the home. When mothers care for their children, it's parenting. That's the term. But when fathers care for their children, the government deems it a, quote, child care arrangement. (laughs) That's real. I have even heard a few men say that they're heading home to babysit for their children. And I've never heard a woman say, yeah, refer to taking care of her own children as babysitting. Cheryl says, a friend of mine ran a team building exercise during a company retreat where people were asked to fill in their hobbies. Half of the men in the group listed their children as hobbies. A hobby? For most mothers, kids are not a hobby. Showering is a hobby. I love that she put that in her books. Cheryl Simber put that. And I thought, oh, that's true. We have some systematic, systemic inequality to deal with. But a lot of people and a lot of moms would argue, but we are the moms. We have the maternal instincts and we know our kids better, right? And this is what Cheryl says. She says, and you talked about this, and Mike, you talked about what Mike said, and this reminded me of this. Mm -hmm. Cheryl says, there may be an evolutionary basis for one parent knowing better what to put in a child's lunch, but even if mothers are more naturally inclined toward nurturing, fathers can match that skill with knowledge and effort. As Gloria Steinman once observed, it's not about biology, but about consciousness. We overcome biology with consciousness in other areas. For example, storing large amounts of fat was necessary to survive when food was scarce. So we evolved to crave it and consume it when it's available. But in this era of plenty, we no longer need large amounts of fuel in reserve. So instead of simply giving into this inclination, we exercise and limit caloric intake. We use willpower to combat biology, or at least we try. So even if mother knows best is rooted in biology, it need not be written in stone. A willing mother and a willing father are all it requires. Yes, someone needs to remember what goes into the lunchbox, but... It does not have to be a mom. I Isn't that great? love that. And I also, can I share a really funny story real quick? Yeah. Yes. So this reminds me, one of my really good friends a few years ago, we were having like a girls night at her house and she had asked her husband to pack a lunch for their daughter. And she was like, to me and our other friends, she was like, you guys, I came out and guess what he had packed for her? <laughs> we're like, what? And she was like, <laughs> he grabbed a piece of pizza out of the fridge and wrapped it in tinfoil and put it in her backpack. <laughs> My husband did that yesterday. Remember how we had pizza? That's real. And I was like, and I, and I told that to Mike, and he was just like, yeah. And I was like, no, like you need like a lunchbox and like a vegetable and like a fruit and like a little snack, maybe a napkin. Like it's just so funny how guys think. But like honestly, if you think about, it, like that'd be fine. Like the kid would be fine. But it was just we just get like we had the biggest giggle over that. So that is awesome. And that leads me into the next point that a lot of women want it done their way. So we sabotage this whole point. And Cheryl says, I've seen so many women inadvertently discourage their husbands from doing their share by being too controlling or critical. Social scientists call this maternal gatekeeping, which is a fancy term for, oh my God, that's not the way you do it. Just move aside and let me. When it comes to children, fathers often take their cues from mothers. 
This gives mothers great power to encourage or impede a father's involvement. If she acts as a gatekeeper mother and is reluctant to hand over responsibility or worse, questions a father's efforts, he does less. Whenever a married woman asks me for advice in co-parenting with a husband, I tell her to let him put the diaper on the baby any way he wants as long as he's doing it himself. And if he gets up to deal with the diaper before being asked, she should smile even if he puts the diaper on the baby's head. Over time... (laughs) If he does things his way, he'll find the correct end. But if he's forced to do things her way pretty soon, she'll be doing them herself. And then here's why this is important. A study found that wives who engage in gatekeeping behaviors do five more hours of family work per week than wives who take a more collaborative approach. There. The study backs it up. Don't. You got to let your husband be an adult. And that's hard. Like, I struggle with that. Can I be honest? Yeah, when you were telling me that, I was like, oh, shoot, I think I do this. Keeping it's normal. It's a maternal instinct. Here's another quote I'm going to share. I have all these great quotes. She says, studies from around the world have concluded that children will children benefit greatly from paternal involvement. Research over the last 40 years has consistently found that in comparison to less involved fathers, children with involved and loving fathers have higher levels of psychological well-being and better cognitive abilities. When fathers provide even just routine childcare, children have higher levels of educational and economic achievement and lower delinquency rates. Their children even tend to be more empathetic and socially competent. These findings hold true for children from all socioeconomic backgrounds, whether or not The mother is highly involved. And I just think this is so important to drive home because so many people responded when you asked, what struggles are you dealing with? So many people said, my husband works so much. My husband doesn't help out. I'm exhausted. I'm overworked. I do everything around here. There are so many studies. There's research to back up that not only are you stressed and you should be happy, but it's better for your kids. It's going to be better for you. Everyone's going to be happier if your husbands pick up the slack. So scrap all the generational bulk crap because we I almost swore like 10 times in this episode. I know <laughs> I feel so passionate about this and I think I'm lucky too my husband does th- like we're pretty equally divided and he grew up with a mom and a dad who worked and did the same thing it's just how it was for him and yeah. I think this is a one more quote you can bear with me one more quote yeah she says A more equal division of labor between parents will model better behavior for the next generation. This is the, this is why I, it it relates. This quote relates. I've heard so many women say that they wish their partners helped more with childcare, but since it's only a few more years till their kids are off to school, it's not worth the battle to change the dynamic. Here's the, here's the part you need to remember. In my opinion, it's always worth the battle to change an undesirable dynamic. I also worry that these women will face the same dynamic when it comes to care for aging parents. Hmm. Women provide more than twice as much care, not only for their own parents, but for their in-laws as well. This is an additional burden that needs to be shared. And children need to see it being shared so that their generation will follow this example. Boom. Okay. That's yeah. all I have to say about that. Model I for your, Get your that. husband involved. But I was thinking, what about, what do we say to single moms? Like, it doesn't have to be a dad. It can be an uncle. It can be a a father figure. I think it really takes a village, yeah? It takes a village. And yeah, I'm sorry to the single moms because, yep, you're going to have to. It's a lot more work. You have to do, you have to. And be there for your single mom friends. They do have to carry all of the burden themselves. And be a support system for them. Let your husband be involved in her kid's life. They need positive male role models. And I think that quote talked about paternal involvement doesn't have to be biologically paternal. Mm-hmm. Positive male role models can fill that void. 
So just be a village and surround your single mom friends. The next one is uh, make a happy list like we've talked about before. We actually have a free printable over on our Patreon page if you want to print that off and fill it out. A happy list is just the things that you like to do on a bad day. Have that list so when you want to pamper yourself or do something fun for yourself you have a list of those go-to things and then also have a hobby like even if you don't have a lot of time to spend on it if you have five minutes a day it's okay pick something pick something that you're interested in that's just for you I remember having young kids and just like wanting something for myself so bad and finding a hobby to run away to when mom life was hard was just so liberating to me one of my hobbies that I literally do at least an hour a day is playing the piano I'm so grateful I learned to play the piano as a kid because now it's a hobby I can do when I'm home with the kids, when the kids are gone at any time of the day. But I really want to learn the guitar. My brothers both play the guitar and they're great at the guitar. And they have some reasonably priced like acoustic... Hold on, my stupid dog is itching. (laughs) I really want to learn the guitar. And both my brothers are really good guitarists and they have like reasonably priced acoustic guitars on Amazon. And I thought this would be a good hobby. Like, And it's okay to do your hobbies when your kids are around. I think a lot of people feel like it's that... Like that quote we shared, moms today feel like if their kids are around, they need to be have that focused childcare. No, you can learn to play the guitar while your kids are playing upstairs. Let them see you because yeah. you need to model the behavior you want. If you want them to do that for the rest of their life, these type of things, you do it. Buy a guitar and learn how to play it while your kids play. Let them see you. Read. Just read a book. Go to the library and get a really good book, like something on a list if you're not a habitual hobby reader and let them see you read. Like model yeah. enjoying life. It's not your job you to entertain them to. all the time. Yes. Like I feel like yes. I feel like we all get stuck in that, and that's when I, like every once in a while, I just remember like, Melin, you are in charge. Like stop it. Like I am not. I do not have to entertain everybody. I don't have to provide all this for everybody. They can all go and play, and yeah, I can do my own thing. Yes, exactly. All right. The next tip, which is number ten, is to give your kids responsibilities to help you stay on top of laundry and other things. Like four year olds can even help out. Four year olds can empty silverware. They can clear the table. Seven-year-olds can do their own laundry. Ten-year-olds can take out the trash. You don't have to do everything yourself. I literally tell my daughter that I am not Cinderella. And I say, if you (laughs) are able and old enough to do something for yourself, why should I do it? And, like, it's a little bit of guilt trip, but guilt can be a great motivator. I'm not shaming her. I'm making her, like, realize, like, oh, yeah, that's not fair. And so use it, man. You're not Cinderella. Yeah, I love that. Divide those chores. The last tip here is offer to help your friends. When we serve, it's an opportunity to lose ourselves and our problems. Never keep tally. Just be a good friend and it will all come back to you. Has that happened to you guys before? Like you do something nice for a friend and they're like, okay, well now you owe me. No. Yeah. Stop. Like if someone's taking advantage of you, that's not okay. But don't keep tally with your friends. Help each other out and all that good stuff will come right back to you. I believe that. Exactly. And we're going to end with this quote. It's also from Lean In, but she's going to quote someone else. Obviously, you need to go read the book. Okay, so (laughs) the quote is, I would never claim to be able to find serenity or total focus in every moment. I am so far from that. But when I remember that no one can do it all and identify my real priorities at home and at work, I feel better and I am more productive in the office and probably a better mother as well. Stanford professor Jennifer Aker's work shows that setting attainable goals is the key to happiness. Instead of perfection, we should aim for sustainable and fulfilling. The right question is not, can I do it all? But can I do what's most important for me and my family? The aim is to have children who are happy and thriving. Perfect. Angie, I love that. I love talking about this with you. Thank you. And I have some things to work on. Yeah, like that. And I'm really excited to talk about the working mom episode next week. Yeah, stay tuned for our episode next week about finding balance. I mean, there's no such thing as balance, but you know, live. (laughs) What what we're surviving life as a working mom. Perfect. Thanks, you guys.
All right. Guys, thank you so much for being here. We truly consider you part of our Betterish gang. We would love to hear your thoughts about this week's episode. So email us at betterish.podcast at gmail.com or message and tag us on Instagram at betterish.podcast. And if you like what you heard, don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes and make it real good because we might just share it here on our next episode. And bonus points if you share the Betterish podcast with all of your friends. 